People always want to know what it's like to be me. How does it feel to see a dead body? Tell a family their loved one has been murdered. Talk to a rape victim. Catch a killer. And get them to confess. Hold on tight, my friends. Get ready for the journey. And welcome to Murder with Menina. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Murder with Menina. Colleen, I'm super, super pumped. I have a uh, friend of mine who's a coroner in Indianapolis as a special guest today on the show. I am super pumped, too, because I've been hearing about Justin for a long time. So Justin Thompson is our guest. Say hello, Justin. Hello, everybody. How are you doing out there? <laughs> pleasure, pleasure. It's an honor to Thank be on you. here. Thank you. Honor to so have you. We're going to talk about a Thank crazy you. case that is probably the worst mass shooting that we've had in Indianapolis. Is that right, yes. Justin? Yes, yeah. I would have to totally agree on that. Chris. Yeah. So um, June 1st, 2006, and then, uh, seven people were murdered inside of a home in Indianapolis. There were four adults and three children. Yes, um, and yes. Justin's going to talk about this case because he was the coroner. So just a little history about Justin and I, you know, in all of the murder investigations and the death investigations. I think I talk about it in most of my of my cases. You know, we have to call out for the coroner and crime lab and. And so I met Justin very early in my career. And the thing that I remember and liked about Justin is, you know, you're on these types of crime scenes, either it be a suicide or a homicide, uh, whatever it is. Um, he's just so pleasant to be around and, and just um, a good guy. And you just felt good when he showed up to the scene. You know, you're just like, OK, I'm going to be taken care of. And, and one of the things that we do is when he arrives, because he gets there a little bit later and I just say, hey, this is what I have. And a lot of times if I'm not able to identify who the victim is at the, at the scene, you know, he'll do the fingerprints for me and I'll run it down um, to our identification branch and we'll try to get who the victim is. And he comes out and does his work, but it was always a joy for lack of a better word. You hate to say joyful on certain scenes um, to work with him. So we had worked many, many cases uh, together yeah, and, and I, I brought sure him up have, in the, bro. in the neighborhood, <laughs> the neighbor killing, he was on that too. And I, yes. I just remember Justin going on, oh, shit, yeah. this is a, fucked up so anyway we got we had some shit shows girl let me tell you (laughs) yeah we did so anyways um first before we get into this horrible horrible event that occurred in 2006 how did you become a coroner give us a little background on you okay a little bit about myself is uh, i'm fifth generation to do this both my mother and father um who are deceased now were both morticians wow um i grew up in the business it was on my mother's side of the family and actually my parents met in mortuary school Oh, wow. 1963. Yeah. It's kind of a cool story there on a uh, convention on how to freeze and preserve dad bodies. Kind of romantic there. And uh, my mom walked in. My dad was with his best friend and he he looked at my mom, didn't know her from Adam. He told my dad's best friend. He told my dad, he said, I'm going to marry that girl. Wow. My dad ended up marrying her three years later. So, yeah, I grew up in a business. I have a younger brother who's a police officer in a suburban department nearby. Just reached his twenty year mark, so he's oh, wow. right there with you, Chris. So, yeah. talked to him the other day, and he's like, "Them four o'clock morning calls are getting harder every morning." So, yeah. you know, he's got his twenty, so I'm very proud of him. Um, I started out too doing the removal business. I started for a local company there in town that uh, did the contract for Marion County Coroner's Office, and I got in, started with them, kind of meeting you guys and developing relationships with all the detectives. And um, crime lab and what have you. Yeah. So, Justin, will me. you describe what exactly is the removal business? 
Okay. In the funeral business, we call it the removal business or as in the funeral business, it's called first call. We're the first people to go out and um, we remove the bodies from the scene. Um, once uh, Chris was done with her process and I wasn't a corner at the time, um, I would come in, uh, tag the body, I you know, bag the body and uh, transfer it down to the uh, Marion County Coroner's office. So I did that for several years until I uh, got my foot in the door and I started like, damn, I want to do this shit. This is cool, man. So I made it a goal of mine. I kind of had a sense of pride behind it um, with my parents being in the business. And I was a military police officer for 10 years in the Army as well. So kind of had the best of both worlds there, the investigative part and being in the uh, taking care of people in the uh, worst times of their their lives. I mean, they've just lost a loved one, lost a kid, lost, you know, someone they really cared about. And I always treated everyone like they were my own family. That's one thing my dad taught me is treat everyone like their family. You know, if they're the highest class or lowest class, they're still a person. So that's how I went in at it, looking at it as. Fantastic. So then you decided to be a corner. How do you even become a corner? Um, It was pretty, at the time, I came in under uh, Dr. John McGoss' administration. Fabulous man. Great administration, sure, Chris, as you know. Um, I started at part-time. Um, an opening came available. I interviewed for it. They saw what I was about and um, got the position. At the time, we worked 24 on, 48 off. Oh, wow. We worked the old fireman schedule. It was a pretty decent schedule, but as we get into this case, um, as you can see, we always don't get off in 24 hours. Right. So, right. yeah. So explain exactly what a corner does. Corner is the one that, uh, and a little bit of trivia on top of this, um, if people are out in a little bar trivia for you there, the only person that can arrest a sheriff is the coroner. So there's a little oh, bit wow. of trivia info for you. How did that come about and what is the reason? That comes behind way that? back into like the 1500s from, it was called the crowner who went around and when people passed away, he collected all of their jewels and he presided over the share reef of that colony. So if the sheriff was to do something illegal, jewelry, say, the coroner could say him. you're going yes, to be arrested. For issue that. a warrant or a interesting. Any case? Do you know of any cases yes, where a coroner has you're... arrested a deputy? I know a deputy has been arrested by the sheriff on a scene in a county that's east of Indianapolis before. I wow. know that has happened before. Wow. wow, that was years ago. Because they were taking jewels or or money or something from the scene. No, no, they showed up, uh, had a little nip in in their, in their system. They had, had a few cocktails, I think, before. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they were doing a little sauce. You know, they didn't think they were going to get called out. I guess. Wow. I wow. Well, that's interesting. Wow. <laughs> so wow. it comes from way back when. Wow. Interesting. So yeah, and both my dad, and my grandfather were more uh, corners in a county over here and. Small county. So what the coroner does, they arrive on scene and they establish the uh, cause and manner of death, um, whether it be a homicide, suicide, motor vehicle accident, natural death or undetermined. Um, that's what we do. We go out. We're the, basically the eyes and ears for the forensic pathologist. So we'll go out, take all of our photos, document all the defects and uh, medical artifacts on the decedent. Um scene diagrams, photographs, and present a, that in a report form to the uh, forensic pathologist in the morning. So like when Chris would come in for one of her cases, everything would be ready to go. And the pathologist knows what we had the night before. So, Wow. Okay. That's what we do. 
All right, so let's jump to now. This case, I was actually out of town. I was in New York City, and it made uh-huh. national news. Yes, and I it was did. at my friend's apartment, and just like getting, I'd gotten out of the shower, I'm getting dressed, and I see that there's a, a mass shooting in Indianapolis. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit, I'm in New York City on vacation. And I remember calling Van Busker, um, the sergeant yeah. at the time, asking her if she, if she needed me to fly back. Because I knew this was going to be a complete shit show. Oh yeah. So a little bit of history. Shit show. A little bit of history was a couple guys, and I, they've arrested two, but I think maybe there could have even been more. But there were two guys that entered this home and shot up um, seven people, four Correct. adults, four adults, three children. Uh, the yeah. ages of the children were five, eight, and eleven. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. With assault rifles. So sad. Okay, so and you they can were imagine. shot execution style too. Absolutely. So yes. you can imagine the chaos and the neighbors and oh, and, and everything that uh, that got there. So after the first um, officers arrive, of course, they call for homicide very quickly. They're calling for a crime lab. They're calling for additional units. They're probably calling for everybody and their brother to come because the scene is is quite um, large. The scene is horrific. We need the streets blocked off. So I'm sure there were a ton, a ton of police officers here on the oh, scene. Yeah. And then we get to the point where we call for the coroner, and Justin, I'll let you take it from there. Okay, I can remember this, Chris, because I was off that night. Matter of fact, my uh, biological children were little ones then. Now they're 20 and 17 years old, so that's been a minute. And we, I know we just got done watching a movie. I can remember this case like it was yesterday. I can still remember where each victim was located in that house. And I still, to this day, get goosebumps when it just pops in my head, you know, and right. I get big lump in my throat, you know, because it's pretty devastating scene to see, you know, right. these little kids and this whole family. So um, I remember I get a, a, I heard my pager go off, good old pager back in the days. Um, I, my ex-wife at the time, she's like, uh, hey, did your pager just go off? And I'm like, yeah, I think it did. So I go down, I call my chief deputy. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, nothing. What's going on, chief? Because we got a mass shooting on the east side of downtown. I need you there. And I said, all right, I'll be there in 30 minutes. We had a 30 minute ETA anywhere in the city. So I got dressed, headed in in my car, my unmarked, of course, like you. I had a good little time running lights and sirens. Love yep. doing that. So <laughs> yeah. I was notorious for that. Uh, in certain cases, we'll say. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's kind of laughing now. So I got there to the scene. Um it was a rainy night. Oh, it was a terrible night out. I'll never forget that. The coroner himself was there, our chief deputy there. I think we had two other uh, deputies there. We just needed all all hands on board. Um, it seemed like we sat there forever. You know, minutes just seemed like hours. I'm just sitting, my mind spinning. What do we got here? What do we got here? Finally, we did a walk through the uh, residence uh, with the prosecutor and crime lab. And um, Chris and Colleen, that's something I'll never forget. As soon as you walk in the front living room, there was a victim there sitting in a chair. You turn to your left, and there was like an open area dining room. There's two victims sitting there at the dining room table. They were shot dead where they sat. <clears throat> and then there was like a little door that led through a kitchen. And then there was one victim. You could see where she was mid-stride trying to take off out of there. They shot her. And then you went through the kitchen off to your right. And that's where our three young victims were. And as soon as I turned that corner with everybody, we all just, our mouths just dropped it was like oh my god how could someone do this to innocent little kids you know let alone these innocent people in this home so then we backed out crime lab did their thing and then um 
once we got in there, we were in there for a while. We, it took us a while to, <clears throat> excuse me, process that scene. Um, like I said, if memory serves me correct, I believe we had three deputy corners on that scene, the chief and the corner himself there. Explain two a little deputy. bit. They were shot. When you say a what? When you say a while, what does that mean? Oh, hours, hours, several hours. I'm going to say I saw the sunrise before we went up in there again. So it was 24, 36 hours easy. So when Crime Lab gets done with everything and then you've got to go and, and do your diagram and do your pictures, explain to us a little bit. Now, these were assault rifles. Explain yes. what that does to the body as we're getting all of these. It's a high-powered rifle. Um, it causes large defects to wherever it strikes the victim. So, um it could be very devastated to look at, very devastating yeah. to look at. Um, assault rifles do damage. Yeah. And that's what they're assigned to do. So the three, the three children, were they in bedrooms? Yes, they were in the bedroom. They corralled them all in one bedroom. And if memory serves me correct, they were face down, side by side. Okay. And just went through and just, you know, did their thing. But uh, yeah. we, I remember I said, you know, the corners and the detectives just talking, you know, we're all moms, dads, you know, grandpas, you know, and I remember the one crime lab guy that was there and he's retired. I, I think, you know, who I'm talking about Chris, yeah. very, very detailed, very, very detailed man on his drawings. I mean, that guy yeah. did a phenomenal job on it. So. Right. And, yeah, and what's it's just, interesting, you have all of these people there and we're all, we're all playing different roles and we're all, uh, we're all yeah. on the same team, but with different roles. And I can imagine it, it became like you're you're supposed to be very detail oriented and you're supposed to brush your you know brush your teeth dot your eyes all those things but I can imagine at that scene everybody was like fucking do everything correct so we got to get these motherfuckers yes right? we were very thorough we were very very thorough we didn't want any fuck ups on this scene because yeah. once these shooters were caught and it wasn't shortly thereafter they right. were thank God right um, I know everybody was hunting them down it yeah. was a big manhunt and likewise it should have been. And I'm glad these cowards are where they are nowadays. Absolutely. So never you know, see a lot of day. No, God. never. And so it's it's one of these things where is as many times as you go into scenes, and believe me, some scenes are are really like suicides, and and people that that decide to put their gun in their mouth, they're really gruesome mm-hmm. scenes. Um, yeah. And and you get, I, I don't want to say you get used to it, but you kind of get used to it. But there, you'll never. You sure do. You never are okay with when you see children. You're just no, that never, you never is okay. Are. Chris, and you hit the nail right on the head there. With kids, it's a different thing. They're innocent. They're sweet. They're innocent. Who who could they harm? You know that's right. that's what you ask yourself. And yeah, right. you do kind of get hardened to the other cases because you know in Marion County, no pun intended, but we run a gun there. We yeah. were a busy, busy department. I'm gonna right. say probably three thousand cases a year. Yeah. And that's from homicides, suicides. That's including elderly people that have fallen and a doctor won't sign because that's quote unquote considered trauma as well. We had to do all their cases, you know. So we're a very busy department. And one thing that there was only two of us on a, a shift. Yeah. You remember those days, Chris? Oh, yeah. Got to keep a detective waiting. It just ate me up because I'm like, those are, you know, they're sitting there waiting on me. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, and, and, you know, and they help us. Like, as a detective, I always use Justin, like, this is what I have. What do yeah. you think? Because it's, you know, it, you just, 
he's got his expert in what he does. I've got my expert in what we did. But when we come together as a team, it really kind of just, it lays it out. And it, and it, and it, and it's, and it's like I said, I can't stress it enough. When Justin arrived on scene, I felt better, you know, no matter what type of scene it was, you just kind of felt better um, because he's pleasant to be around. He's great at what he does. um, And you just knew that it was going to, the scene was going to be the best investigated and the best taken care of. And that's what you need. But this type of scene is just, uh, you know, I didn't even work this case. And I was devastated in New York city because I knew my people, the people that I work with, the the corners that I work with, the crime lab that are experiencing Mm -hmm. something that you just don't experience every day. And um, I'll have Justin back on again um, for another case where I did work um, where there were children. Um, But you just can't stress. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So, um, how long how long have you been a coroner? I was a coroner for 13 years. I laid out for a few. Now I currently work for um, the county that I live in. I do uh, transportation for them. Okay. I kind of backed away from the investigate. I'm an old man now. You right. know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man. You don't look old, Justin. <laughs> well, you don't. I do. Well, look thank old. you, ma'am. I appreciate that. As you can see, I'm kind of gray here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I backed out of the investigative part. I found my niche. Um, taking care of the families directly. Yeah. So um, I had my uh, heyday in the field, kind of like you did, Chris. We, right. we did our time, did our crime, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so to speak. But uh, like Chris was saying, just to touch on that a little bit, once you develop these relationships with these homicide detectives, you're like family together because you guys all go through the same thing. I mean, we worked in day in, day out together. And like Chris and I, we just – we, we bonded and yeah. that's my girl. That's my buddy right there. So I'm proud of you, what you're doing on here. You guys are rocking this show. I love it. Friends of mine love it. I've been putting the words out. Anybody I can hear, I can bend to hear about it. Right. I've been there about you girls. So. Right. Right. So what's your, Thank you. so let's, ahead. let's, before we wrap though, let, what, do tell what happened, what was the motive, what was the okay. outcome of All the right. case, when were they yeah. trapped down? Okay, Just from what I gather, um, there was supposedly supposed to be some money, large amounts of money and other things in this residence, which turned out to be totally false. Word got out on the, yeah, yeah. Um, word got out on the street. These two guys, uh, I won't even give them the credit of giving their names on this show. Um, Good. Recruited one another and quoted said, want to hit a lick for you people on the street know what a lick is. It's a robbery. So they went in there just guns a blazing and uh, basically for nothing. It turned out to be nothing. Was it drugs and money they were Correct. after? That's yes. what I had read. They thought yes. it was cocaine yes. and a yeah. big nothing there. amount of cash. Nothing there. And just a little bit. So they hit the wrong yeah. house. Well, oh, you my know, gosh. They, they knew what the heck they were doing, but these people were innocent. <laughs> And a little tidbit of info, so they had an arson attack on the house on August 23rd of 08. And they finally tore down the house on July 16th of 2010. So yeah. that eyesore is gone out of the city of Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. And so there were two 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 subjects were arrested. One was arrested the day after. Yes. Um, and then a massive, massive manhunt for the second. And he yeah. was caught a couple days later and he turned himself in at a Hardee's. Mm-hmm. On the yeah, east right side there on Southeastern. And, yeah, and, not uh, very far. East Washington. They, yeah, yep. I remember that. And they had records? Oh, yeah. Had yes. they previously? Yeah, so the one people. guy just got on doing a four-year stint. Yes. Yeah, yep. he'd only been out six months. He had just done yep. a four-year stint. Mm-hmm. Um, bad, bad guys. And and literally, when you say manhunt, and I'll tell you, it's, it, there's something, too, that's dynamic and, 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 and great. You can't say great in this, but 
everybody and their brother was looking. And I'm not talking law enforcement. I'm talking the fucking community. Everybody the and their too. brother yep. in the street. And oh, when yeah. the street gets involved, and they will, as bad as the street can be, it can be that good. Because once mm-hmm. you put out that children were executed in a home, you know, and then yeah, everybody family, was like, oh, right. hell no. So that, you know, within two days or three days at the most, we had these guys. Um, they both tried to, um, they were both, so one got, um, I believe they all, they both got life without parole. One got life without parole plus 88 years. And then the other one got 425 years. They both, um, tried to take it to the Indiana Supreme court, um, tried to fight it. And on the same day, the Supreme court said, Oh hell no, both rulings are being (laughs) upheld. Like nice try. Shot them down. Yeah. So, um, but you know. I can't stress how difficult those cases are. So tell us what, what do you think you've learned from your career of deal? I'm always asked like, what's the best part of my job? And I always try to say right. to you, the lights and sirens is always fun. That never gets old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you know, I love the, the, um, love the relationships that I've built with these you know, people that work like you, yeah. you know, I've since moved out of Indianapolis. I live, you know, home of Larry bird, supposedly oh, out okay. here in the big hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I moved out of the big city now, living in the hope, um, living life, good times. Um, the one thing I think, you know, it's just the relationships. I still like think of you guys all the time, and like the cases I'll be talking with my wife, and she'll be like, you know, we'll be in Indianapolis. I'll be like, hey, I had a case there, or yeah. hey, I, you know, I still remember Chris places that I have cases because they're in that memory file that you file back, but when yeah. you see it. It, it brings it forward. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just the, the, the knowledge or the, I don't know the word I'm talking or looking for here, but the compassion I know that I showed these families that yeah. I did them right. That's right. That's what I could go to my grave knowing, Hey, I took care of these people just as if it was my grandmother, my grandfather, my dad, my mom, you know, Yeah. because these are people. I was dealing with people and they were in the most tragic times of need. And sometimes I'd hug with them. Sometimes I'd cry with them. You know, you just had to get on. The, you've been there. You yeah. had to get on those levels with those people to establish that rapport with them. So. And see, that's why Jess and I click. Cause that's what I say all the time. You know, asked, how do you solve all, all of your murders, but one, and it's the relationships that you yes. get with the victim's family and, and even the suspect's family mm-hmm. and the neighbors and the friends and everybody. And, and so it's so crazy. And I think I've, I've said this before, but I remember when um, my sister passed away, um, she yes. was sick. Right. And uh, I had to that. call the, call the funeral home. And, and um, you know, I had seen so many people be put in body bags. I mean, I had, yeah. I was in homicide at the time, you know, but to sure see someone been. that I loved and adored being put in a body bag. And I just remember that morning thinking, fuck, I should have called Justin to come do this. Um, I'm glad you were, thought of me at that time. Yeah, that. but they were very, very gracious. And it's like, man, you know, when you, when you pick the body up, take care, take, you know, right. put her in the bag gently. And I just remember yes. them oh, yeah. doing that, you know, it's like, and I still do that to this gone, day. Be respectful. Still yeah. to this day on my job, my full-time job, I do that. Chris is, you yeah. know, I work for a local funeral home here in town and, and I treat that body just like it's my mom, my dad, you yeah. know, because you got to. Because you got to care. You're the last one to take care of them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, And you make that impression on them. 
Well, do you do you have a funny story? We always like to end it kind of on an up note with all of the stuff. Well, I mean, okay. We talk about a whole family getting murdered, but um, tell us something funny. Well, um, I put my wedding together in three days in the Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Fantastic. Tell us that story. Let's end on a fun story. Okay. Okay. This is a good one. This is my, all right. I met this gal. She's fabulous. Chris, you would love her. Yeah. You would love her. She puts up with me. So, you know, she's going to be a great gal anyway. So (laughs) anyway, we go take the girl. She's got older girls. We go to Gatlinburg and we're in Ripley's, believe it or not, parking lot. And I'm not kidding you. (laughs) The little upside down house place. (laughs) I'm not shitting you. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask. So I asked the girls first for their permission to marry their mother. My youngest goes, okay, but is there going to be cake and ice cream? I'm like, you got it, girl. <laughs> so I proposed to Maria. We drop the girls off there. We find a jewelry store down the road. We go in, pick out our rings. The next morning, we go to their little JLP office. It looked like a coat closet in Sevier County, Tennessee. It was epic. Paid $25 to get our marriage license. They give you a list of preachers. We got this good old boy named Larry that we had to go down to some general store to find him. And he took us out to this nice little park and married us. Oh, that's fantastic. And there it is. That's all I've got for now. Wow. Wow. And how many years? (laughs) Yeah, how many years? It will be five years, September 20th. And a funny story, too. We got married actually September 28th, but they put the 29th on our marriage license. So I joke with Maria. I tell her she has... Two wedding anniversaries, the 20th and 29th. So we yeah. celebrate both days. So Nice. Fantastic. Oh, that's the way yes, to do it. it. What's squealing in the background? Two, we have two macaws. Oh, that's what I was going to guess. It sounded like parrots. My wife's a social worker. Um, one she rescued years ago from a meth head. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Aww. Uh, it's used to being screamed at. So she rescued us. Oh, so we had to get baby. another one to keep it company. So I do love your yeah. wife oh, yeah, already. She's a great guy. <laughs> Well, thanks, Justin, and uh, thank you for all the work you did. Thank you. Well, take care, Justin. All right, I'll talk okay, to you soon. Okay, you girls too, and thank you, and keep rocking right. it out. Okay, all right, all right. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Thanks, guys. If you like this podcast, please remember to rate and review and tell all your friends. We appreciate you, and we will see you next time on Murder with Menina. If you have a cold case you'd like Chris to review, submit it through our website at murderwithmenina.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Murder with Menina and Twitter at Murder W. Menina. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Murder with Menina.